And uh, welcome indeed. It's about uh, six minutes after four. Welcome to the show. You want to uh, have your say, ask your questions. Phone lines already open and ready to go. We uh, we love having you on the show. You make it what it is. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Lots of stuff to cover today. We'll get to a uh, discussion about the pocket employment lawyer and things that your employer may not want you to know, but we'll tell you. We'll, uh, we'll pull back the curtain on employment and uh, your job and your job status and everything under that uh, particular umbrella here on the show tonight. You want to send an email along, help at employmentlawyer.ca. It is just that simple. So feel free to call in now and get some uh, get some comments and questions on the air. We'd love to talk to you and uh, give you a little bit of fill-in and information as we roll along this afternoon. Again, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Let's, uh, let's get rocking and rolling. Week that was, brother. How are you? Well, you know, maybe just rocking, rolling. I yeah. don't know. I'm a bit tired today. Too old for rolling. Yeah, too too old. <laughs> In my age, I don't know. It's not safe. Uh, but uh, the reality is, John, that it is so exciting always to be here. I always get pumped up to to talk about employment law and workplace rights and to have an opportunity to be live here to answer as many questions as possible. So take advantage. Uh, you know, don't mm-hmm. ha- you don't have to go on Google to Google University and try to find a solution. I'm going to tell you. I can tell you right now what the answer is to your problem. If you're you know, your shift change, your boss did something, you lost your job, maybe you're being discriminated against, whatever the workplace issue is, this is the time, this is the place to give us a call and have that question answered. I promise you there's solutions and I can promise you that because number one, I've been doing this for a long time, but more importantly, the law is your friend when it comes to employment law. The law is quite good. And of course, I always say this, it's really important to remember, this is a radio show, but when I'm not on, on air, I'm in my office talking to people, solving problems, representing people. So if you want to be, if you want to speak to me privately, if you don't want to get on air this evening, not a problem. Give me a call or send me an email. We'll give you my contact information throughout the show so that you can reach out to me privately. But to get us going and, and revved up today, John, week there was a couple situations that came across my desk very recently. Uh, first situation I'll tell you about, I spoke with a lady. She had been working the same shift for about five years. Uh, she worked seven hours a day, five days a week. Same shift, you know, very, very content, very happy. Well, very recently, her employer, uh, she came in and her employer told her that, well, we're going to have to reduce your shift from seven hours to four hours. And she said, well, wait a second, I can't take this pay cut. Do you, do you know how long that's going to be for? He said, well, business is slow. So I'm hoping it's only going to be for two weeks, and and after that, uh, you'll be back to normal. Okay, fine. Uh, She accepted it, and she said, well, I guess I'll be the good soldier. Two weeks passed, nothing changed. Went back and said, well, what's going on? You told me two weeks. I'm still working four hours a day. So employer says, you're right. Business is still slow. I'm going to have to keep you uh, on on four hours uh, a shift until something changes. Sorry about that. As you can see, business is slow. And she did notice, John that business was slower. That was legitimate. That was not her employer lying to her. But for her, of course, that meant a big pay cut, a 40% pay cut. So she called me and she wanted to understand what her rights were. So here's the thing, John. Clearly, this employer is not acting in bad faith. They're not making something up. They're not trying to to, um, do something to hurt this person. Business is slow and they had to, to respond. So the question is, is that enough to allow them to do what they're doing? And the answer, John, is absolutely not. Even though they may have a legitimate reason, even though business is slower, 
they still don't have a right to reduce her hours. The law is the law, and the law makes it clear. If your employer reduces your hours significantly, gosh, 40%, that's a big deal. That's a constructive dismissal. In other words, she has the right to treat this situation. This reduction in hours is a termination, is a constructive dismissal, and to leave with severance, to make her employer pay her severance. And for her, that's probably just north of six months' pay. So even though the employers acted in good faith, even though there's a good reason, even though business is legitimately slower, they're not allowed to do that. And I can tell employers out there are going to say, well, wait a second, what's this poor employer to do? Why are we picking on the employer? Well, wait a second. It's not, it's not that we're picking on the employer. If What the employer could have done is had an employment agreement with this employee back when she started working saying, hey, we have a right to change your hours. If they had done that, then they'd have no problem right now. They didn't do that. And because of that, now they can't change the hours. So remember, even if there's a reason, your employer does not have a right to change your hours, your work days, to change your shift, to change your schedule. If they do that, John, it's a constructive dismissal. Again, 604-280-9898. As Lior mentioned, that's the way to make the show uh, fully pop is to get you on the air asking your questions. Star 9898 on your cell. If you prefer an email, we get to some of those later on. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, very shortly, we'll get into our topic for the uh, for the afternoon, things that your employer may not want you to know but will tell you. But uh, you got something else you want to talk about, right? Yeah, I, this one really made me uh, made me chuckle, and uh, you know, it's it, it's something that I've seen before, but this may have been the most extreme uh, situation. So here's what happened: I spoke with a lady that for the last 15 years, okay, had worked as a cleaner. Her company that she worked for uh, provided cleaning services for a number of the the big buildings in in downtown Vancouver, and she's been doing that for 15 years, doing the same job, same hours for 15 years, except John, except. Three years ago, her employer decided to change her to an independent contractor status. So for the first 12 years, she worked regularly as an quote-unquote employee. And three years ago, she was changed into an independent contractor. Well, she didn't really care. Her employer said she wanted to be an independent contractor, whatever. Her job stayed the same. Her pay stayed the same. Well, except guess what? Last week, she's being let go. And company says, well, you're an independent contractor. We don't have to pay you severance. We'll be nice. We'll give you two weeks pay. So long. Calls me. John, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You don't work for as an employee for 12 years, and then somehow magically, by divine intervention, you become an independent, independent contractor. It doesn't work that way. She is an employee now. She was an, em- an employee then. She's been an employee all along. Nothing changed other than her status on a piece of paper. She was an employee and she, for the last three years. She was misclassified. That's important for many reasons. Probably the most important reason right now is now that she's been let go, she's really a 15-year employee and she's wow. owed severance like a 15-year employee, probably about 16 to 18 months pay. So I wanted to bring this up here to remind employers, to remind employees that you can't just change someone to an independent contractor uh, when they're an employee. If you do that, the reality is the law is still going to consider them to be an employee, which means they have the rights and the entitlements of an employee. And John, I've seen this so many times, individuals being misclassified. If you're treated on paper as an independent contractor, but really you have a regular job, the law considers you to be an employee, and you have all the rights that every other employee does. 
The number is 604-280-9898. Let me slide in a call before we uh, take a, a short break. Here is it uh, Milan or Milan? How are you? Hi. Good, thanks. Um, my question is, I've been on WCB, right? And uh, I've requested twice by email and they ha- uh, my vacation pay uh, to be paid out in increments. Um, and I, I, I have like about two months worth of uh, vacation pay. And my question is, can they withhold my pay or not pay me? So if you have uh, outstanding vacation pay that was accrued before you went off on your on your medical leave, then yes, they have to pay it out, not even a question. Uh, so am I assuming that this was accrued before you went on leave, right? That's right. I have like two months, which I didn't use up before I was on WCB. Okay. And, and I they, asked my, yes. my WCB counselor, will it affect my uh, WCB uh, pay? She said, no, it's not considered income, it's not won't affect my taxes or anything. Right, it shouldn't be income because it it's really was earned before before you went off. So here's the thing. If your employer won't pay you, there's an easy solution to this, and that is to file a complaint with the Employment Standards Branch. Uh, okay, okay, that's, you know, the... the, the, the the government agency that deals with these issues. And the reality is as soon as you file that complaint, you won't even have to have the Employment Standards Branch issue a decision. As soon as you do that, your employer is going to say, oh, crap, and they're going to pay you the money, okay? Because they're not, okay. not going to have a valid defense to that. So that's probably the easiest, fastest way you can deal with that. Uh, and, and I think, you know, you, if you Google Employment Standards Branch, you'll see that there's a form you fill out. It, it's not going to take you a long time. And I can almost guarantee you, as soon as the, the Employment Standards Branch lets your employer know, hey, there's this complaint, then they'll, they'll pay you the money. There's no defense that they have. So, no, it's, okay. it's absolutely wrong for them not to pay you. Appreciate that uh, that opening call. We'll uh, we'll take more of those. You want to get them lined up? Call in. Just that simple. Get some answers. That's how easy it is. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Just getting warmed up here. Employment Law Show on CKNW. You bet. Plenty of time still to call in. That is the number or star 9898 on your cell. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a pretty amazing place to land if you're uh, if you're surfing around. What do you say about that, pal? Well, you know, we'll we'll probably be off air in about know, forty minutes or so. We'll be done with this show, and yep. you know, your your Sunday evening is going to continue. But you may still have questions. You may uh, realize that uh, you you still want to know more information. Well, you can call me at the office. You can email me at the office. But there's an even easier way. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. It's like having your lawyer with you, your employment lawyer with you at all time, with you in your pocket, on your phone, tablet, what have you. So you go to PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca, which, by the way, it's completely free and completely anonymous and easy to use, and you can find answers to your questions. But it's not just general answers. You can specifically put in information that's going to give you answers to your situation. You know, the magic of technology. We allow to have essentially a virtual lawyer. That's all it is. So if you want to find out what your severance is, if it's appropriate, if it's uh, if it's less than what it is and, and, and how to assess it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, easy to do. If you want to find out if you're an employer or an independent contractor, we talked about that before. Again, you can do that at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. If you want to find out if the company had just cause to let you go or if what you've been going through is considered harassment or maybe you have an issue with your disability insurance company all that and more you can do and find out at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca the very first place you go to even before you call me even before you call an employment lawyer is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca 
Yeah, as you mentioned, free of charge. And if you'd like to continue on after uh, checking out the website, there's a Contact Us button, a little yellow button at the top right that you can uh, you can go to as well and carry on from there. But for the remainder of this show between the phone calls, yeah, things that your employer may not want you to know but will tell you. And here's the first one kind of uh, reflects back to some of the week that was we talked about, and that is you can't be temporarily laid off. And this is an important one, and this is definitely something that your employer may not want you to know. Uh, Employer may want you to think, yeah, yeah, we can lay you off temporarily, which means, yeah, we'll just put you on ice for a little while and we'll call you back to work when we're ready. Uh, And just, you know, be a a good employee and wait for that to happen. No, they don't have a right to do that. Your employer may not want you to understand or know that, but hey, we're just telling you now so that you do know your employer does not have a right to lay you off temporarily. What I mean by that is a temporary layoff is a termination. If you've been laid off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination and leave with your full severance. You don't have to sit at home and wait and hope that they bring you back and see what happens. You can say, no, right now, this very moment, I'm treating that as a termination. And by doing that, I'm making you pay me my full severance. And you want to really consider doing that because if you don't do that, if you allow the company to lay you off temporarily and you come back when they uh, when they call you back, you may then give them the right by doing that to do it again in the future. And then the second, third, fourth, fifth time they do it, you won't be able to do anything about it and that's not a very good way to work. So if you've been laid off temporarily, your employer may not want you to know that, but I'm telling you, they don't have a right to do it. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. That is the number that has you scratching your head. You want to know a little more information about that. Bring it on. Talk to us. And uh, like Lior says, for the remainder of the show, feel free to call f- uh, through and, and ask your questions. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. The things your main employer may not want you to know, but uh, we're opening up that can of worms tonight. And this one is another good one. The terms of your employment, the terms, can't be changed in a significant way. Yeah, and we touched on that on the week there was with the lady whose hours were reduced. So that doesn't just apply to hours. It really applies to any important terms of employment. Your employer may tell you, hey, I'm the boss. I have a right to change things that I want to change. No, that's not the case. Your employer does not have a right to demote you. They don't have a right to change your job. They don't have a right to reduce your pay, reduce your hours, you know, change uh, the, the nature of your shift, etc. If you accept the job, there's a deal. The deal is I'm going to work on this job from these hours with these responsibilities. Just like you can't decide unilaterally that you're not going to do that anymore, your employer can't decide unilaterally that something's going to change. If your employer does decide to make that change and tries to implement that, then we're talking about constructive dismissal, as I was saying before. If your employer changes those terms on you, you can accept it if you want. Obviously, that's your right. Or you can say, no, I am not accepting that. Instead, I'm going to treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with severance. You have a right to do that. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it so many times. Employer says, no, I'm the boss. This is my company. I'm, I'm deciding that from now on, I am changing your, your days of work. No, your employer does not have a right to do that. If, you, if they do, it's a constructive dismissal. You absolutely, as the employee, have right to refuse. 604-280-9898 is the number to call through. We'll get to a, uh, another call, and we uh, line them up. Uh, you know the number, star 9898 on your cell would work as well. If my mouse would work. There we are. Ahmed, how are you? Good afternoon. Hi, I'm fine. Good afternoon. No worries. What's up? 
Yeah, I have a question uh, regarding, you know, often recruiting agency they hire and then they send their employee to different client to work. And they put a clause in the employment contract that after the termination of that contract, uh, whoever terminates it, uh, the employee is forbidden to work for the client for six months or whatever period they want uh, put mm. that in the in the contract. My question is, is it something that they can enforce in Canada, I know you can work for anyone you like. Yeah, it's the reality is this, that legally it's going to be very difficult for them to enforce that. Our courts have said that we don't like these things. We, we don't like things that prevent someone from earning a, a living and, and, and working. So if they wanted to enforce it, they probably couldn't. But here's the big thing you have to understand. The fact that they probably can't convince a court to enforce it doesn't mean that they're not going to try. Okay, I've seen that happen many times. So if you sign a contract like that and you say, oh, okay, it's not enforceable, so I'm gonna ignore it and I'm gonna go work for the other company, you may get sued by the agency. Now, ultimately, they're gonna lose, right? Because as I told you, it's probably not enforceable, but in the meantime, you're still gonna be involved in a lawsuit and you're gonna have to spend money and, and, and it's not going to be a very pleasant experience. So as a practical uh, matter, Ahmed, you don't want to ignore it. You don't. Want, you can't just say, well, too bad, I'm not going to pay attention. If you do that, you may find yourself being sued, and that's not a good thing. Okay? Yeah, okay. Yep. Understand. Thanks, man. Appreciate, uh, appreciate the call. If you want uh, more information, feel free to, uh, to call Lior or the team any other time. That number, by the way, uh, even when we're not on the air, 604 283 3123 is the way to go. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But for the remainder of this show, you know the number. Use it. Get on there and uh, and ask your questions. And that is 604-280-9898. Things that your employer may not want you to know, but we will tell you. That is, uh, well, you're not really an independent contractor. How important is this one? <laughs> John, you know, I, I don't think, I, I think for the remainder of our time on, on this show, we may do the show for another 20 years, every show, and we're going to have to talk about independent yeah, contractors because yeah. it's that important. And this is something employers get wrong all the time. It's not as easy as to just call someone an independent yep. contractor. Most people that believe they're independent contractors are actually misclassified. They're really employees. So if you have a regular job, you know, you work for one company, you have you've have a, a consistent job, uh, with them, guess what? You are an employee. It doesn't matter how you pay your taxes. It doesn't matter if you've incorporated. Uh, it doesn't matter if you signed a piece of paper that says you are definitely not an employee. None of that matters. The law is the only thing that decides if you're an employee or an independent contractor. And the reality is, if you have a regular job, you're not an independent contractor. You are an employee, which means you're owed overtime, you're owed vacation pay, and most importantly, you're owed severance if yeah. you are let go. If you're not sure what you are, if you're not sure if you're really misclassified, you can always call me. You can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to find out as well. Your employer may not want you to know this, but I just told you, you're probably not an independent contractor. Good. Back over to your calls. Always top priority. Love talking to you. Chris, thanks for hanging on. Good afternoon. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. What's going on? Okay, so I work in a union environment, and um, ever since ever since cannabis marijuana became legal, um, our industry has brought in drug testing and alcohol testing. Now, 
what's happening in our industry is that there's um, there's people that are being in little um, incidences, and the okay. company is demanding alcohol and drug testing. Now, if you refuse that, if you refuse that testing, if you refuse that um, test, you're suspended for 30 days. And if I'm suspended for 30 days, when legal, I, I use marijuana for, um, not on a daily basis, but for arthritis, uh, for arthritis, and, and uh, I, 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 use, I use marijuana for arthritis, and I broke my, my foot years ago, so I have pain in my foot. So there's going to be marijuana in my system. So our employer is turning around and suspending people for 30 days, making them go to a, a drug dry out when marijuana is legal. So what kind of, I'm kind of scared because I'm being extra careful because I don't want to be put in a situation that I lose my job for 30 days. So Chris, this is an important question. I want to tackle it. We're going to have to take a quick break now for some news. So stay on the line. I'm going to answer your question as soon as we come back from break, okay? Appreciate it, Chris. And Carol, you hang on as well in your phone call, 604-280-9898. It's the Employment Law Show right here, CKNW. It sure is, and a chance to call through. Indeed, plenty of time or star 9898 on your cell. Get back to uh, to Chris. Uh, Carol, we'll get to you as well. Chris, thanks for hanging on, pal. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thanks. Good. Thanks. So, okay. so Chris, you know, for for the view uh, for the listeners that are are just joining us, you had asked a question about uh, drug testing uh, in in your workplace that your employer uh, penalizes those that refuse a drug test, but with a thirty day suspension. So, you know, let, let's kind of break this down. The first thing that the whether cannabis is legal or illegal, that's not the question here because. The employer certainly has an interest in ensuring that their, the employees are able to do the job, just like with alcohol. Alcohol is legal, but obviously the employer doesn't have to allow employees that are, are drunk to do the job. So the real question is, are they allowed to, to impose these, these uh, drug tests, these random drug tests? And for the most part, the answer to that is no. Uh, there would have to be a pretty darn good reason for them to be allowed to do random drug tests. Number one, they would have to, you'd have to be working an extremely safety sensitive job, number one. And number two, they would have to show that they've had some big problems with people showing up under the influence of drugs and that the only way to ensure safety is with these random drug tests. So it's very rare and, and, and our human rights uh, uh, tribunals has made it very clear that no, you're not allowed to do that. So here's the, that's the good news that they're not allowed. But the bad news or the complicating factor is this. You said you're part of a union. The only one that can stand up for your rights, the only one that can push back on this issue with your employer is your union. So you can't deal with it yourself. I can't deal with it for you as your lawyer. It has to be the union. And if the union doesn't want to or doesn't care, then unfortunately you're in a bad situation and you're stuck. So the best advice I can give you right now is you have to talk to your union. You have to push them to file a grievance, potentially file a, a human rights complaint because it does not, uh, it's very unlikely that your employer can do what it's doing legally. It's probably a human rights violation. So I would talk to your union. They're the only ones, Chris, that are allowed to, to advance your interests here. Okay. Even even if, yeah. Even if the they only ones. The There's no exceptions, yeah. unfortunately, Chris. And they do. And they do. And they do. Good. To the Good. full extent, but it's just, it, uh, 
it kind of gets shortened the way it is, right? Mm-hmm. So it you, you, you got to push right them because it's a big deal. I, I understand uh, the concern with doing this test. I completely get it. Uh, and it, it, it's wrong for them to put you in that situation. So you got to talk to your union, and I would do that as soon as possible. Chris, please uh, appreciate your call, and for you to call in plenty of time, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. In that regard, moving on to uh, to Carol. Carol, thank you for hanging on. How are you this afternoon? I'm fine, thanks. Um, Great. Thanks for taking my call, but you it, it probably answered my question, too. Oh. <laughs> Um, because I am also part of a union, and um, though it states in our contract that the employer has the right to give work, to, available work to whomever they choose. So my thing is, is um, we all have our assignments, and because somebody's getting low on a their AWW, they might might lose benefits, and because I've been there for you know. I've been there for 28 years and worked hard and have a larger assignment than most or whatever, but I've earned it. Um, Now I'm losing my hours because this person won't take any other work that's offered to them, so they're taking from me. But because of the union, I think I just have to keep fighting with them, I guess. (laughs) Right, and and the thing is this, the union would know, number one, if... If what the company is doing is in accordance with the collective agreement or not, and the union would also right. know how how the, how they've acted in the past. In other words, if the union and the employer kind of through through the years have agreed that it's okay to do that, then you know it becomes the the reality. But the union is the only one, number one, that can tell you if it's if it's right, and if it's not right. They're the only ones that can actually stop the employer from doing that, file a grievance to stop them from doing that. It doesn't sound right at all. But again, it's no, easy for no, me to and say, it's not. It's not. I mean, our our jobs are going away, and we know that. I work in the federal department, so right. um, you know, and things in Ottawa is you know just doing more things online or whatever, you know, which is fine. And if I lose my work because Ottawa is choosing to, okay, we're no longer going to do that. So be it. But to give it to somebody else, and um, I do survey work, so I was just curious because you know we have social surveys, and I do business surveys, and. You know, we we're all told that if we are going to, you, you cannot count on your hours now because we don't know what's happening. If you need right. more work, you need to go to social. And yet this person has chosen not to. And this is, an, I mean, I've been fighting. I had conference calls and stuff with the employer. My union knows about it. Um, so so and, you're, you're you know, doing the right thing, uh, Carol. It has to be the, the union. And, and, you know, I, I'm not picking on unions here, but I, I have seen many situations over the years where the union does need often a, a bit of a kick in the pants and, and for you to be a bit, uh, you know, the squeaky wheel, if you if you will. So push the unions. Don't take no for an answer because it does not sound right at all. Carol, appreciate your time, and uh, well done. Congratulations of 28 years of that place. That's uh, that's some hard work right there. Wishing you uh all the best, indeed. Still time for you to uh, call in, ask your questions, just like those guys do. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to reach Lior anytime, but we're not on the air as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, always check pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for information pertaining to the show or anything having to do with your workplace rights. It is a phenomenal, a reasonably new and robust website. So have a look at it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. In the meantime, things your employer may not want you to know but we're going to tell you and this one they big duh is yes you are owed more severance than what you've just been offered 
Yeah, but you know, it, it's obvious. It should be obvious, certainly for our regular listeners. But yep. here's the thing: if you've been let go, when your employer gives you a severance package and says, you know, we're we're being very nice and generous to you, so go ahead and just accept it. Most people are going to think, well, you know, if they're saying it's good, then what do I know? It's probably good. Right. Well, no, it's not good. I, I. You know, and it's not because I'm clairvoyant. It's because I've been doing this for 17 years, and I've literally reviewed thousands of packages personally. And my colleagues at my office reviewed thousands more severance packages. And I can tell you, then, in over 90% of the situations, and I'm I'm being conservative, but in over 90% of the situations, John, the severance offered is pennies on the dollar. It's a lot yeah. less than what you wrote. So even though your employer says it's good. By the way, your employer either may not know or they may hope that you don't know, but now you do. Your severance is a lot more in most cases, in almost every case, than what you've been offered. And I'm not talking about the fact that you know maybe you're owed a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about a situation where you probably owed thirty thousand dollars, eighty thousand dollars. Those types of situations. You know, you're offered three months and it should have been nine months. So. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca if you don't believe me. Even just to find out, hey, what would I be owed if they let me go? Just so that I know. Or maybe you have been let go and you're staring at that severance offer and you want to know if it's correct. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Or you can do this, kind of, although do this at your own risk. You, maybe you were let go some time ago and you've already accepted the offer. Now you can kind of go back and check whether that offer was good. You may not want to do that because if you do, you'll realize, holy cow, I was yeah. owed another eight months pay. Now you can't do anything about that, unfortunately, if you've accepted. But trust me when I tell you, your employer may not want you to know this, but now you do. Your severance offer, if you've been offered one, is probably and very likely a lot less than what it needs to be. If you find yourself in that situation, not a big deal. Call me. I'll help you get everything you're owed. Going to take a short break, but quickly want to get Sarah in here with your question, Sarah. We'll try to answer before the break. If not, we'll get you to, to hang on. Uh-huh. Uh, go for it. What do you, what do you say? Oh, I want to know, do I call the police if a coworker or superior hits me at work? Oh, absolutely. That's that's an assault. So you absolutely call the police. But the other thing you do, in addition, this is not uh, in, in, instead, is you immediately want to tell some, make sure that, that someone else at management, HR, knows about it. Uh, because aside from whatever the police may do, which may be something, may not be something, your employer has to also protect you. What I mean by that is they have to make sure that doesn't happen again, that that person is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let go, moved, whatever it is, so that you're protected. And if your employer doesn't do that, if they say, oh, it's nothing, it's not a big deal, he's sorry, he's not, not going to do it again, that could be a constructive dismissal. You don't have to work in a situation where you've been assaulted. That's that's that go should go without saying. So yes, you should call the police, but you should also deal with your employer so that they make sure it doesn't happen again, Sarah. Mm, okay, well they did nothing. So that's interesting. I should have gone to the police then. They just said, oh, well, they didn't mean to. Okay, <sighs> now, so how long ago was this, Sarah? Uh, this was uh, two years ago. I was okay. off for four or five months and WCB uh, rejected my claim. And and since then, have you still been working with this person? Uh, I went back and had to work with them, yes. And nobody did anything. I said, I want to go to a different department um, the next year, sorry. But I did end up going back part-time um, after my four months um, off sick on sick leave. But nobody did anything. I just said, okay, I want part-time then. I want to go back mm-hmm. part-time. Like we, And uh, they said, oh, okay. 
And then uh, a year later, like a few months later, like, because this is a school, right? So I went back in September to work, okay? And I said, I want to go to a different department. Hmm. So I did that on my own. Nobody did anything for me. I did everything on my own. And the uh, principal said, oh, oh, yeah, okay. He just wanted me to leave. And then coming April, I filed another because somebody else didn't assault, physically assault me, but apparently this all goes together with verbal and, and with um, the whole, um, you know, just the whole negativity and, and pushing people around and, and telling them what to do and everything. So I filed another one and nobody did anything then either. And before that, um, a couple of years ago, before that, I was hit by another employee and um, she was just told, don't do that again. So, Sarah, here's the thing. I mean, obviously, that's not something that we can properly address uh, you know, right. in this form right. on this radio show. So if you'd like to have a proper consultation to sit down and, and discuss this in detail, give me a call or send me an email uh, privately. And let's connect and let's do that. Uh, obviously, this is a big deal. It's a real issue. So, so we shouldn't just gloss over it. So reach out to me, please. Sarah, that number as we uh, we move on here, 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Back to your phone calls after a short break here, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Employment Law Show, CKNW. We are back indeed. Still time for you to call in, ask your question, 604 280 9898 is the way to go, star 9898 on your cell. In the meantime, things that your employer may not want you to know, but we will tell you. And this one, uh, a lot of people, again, it goes under the uh, the header of most people will not know this, and that is you don't have to sign an employment agreement if you're already employed. How about that? Yeah, and and you're, it may seem like a, a pretty innocuous thing to do. Well, you know, sure. My employer wants me to sign a new agreement. Okay, no big deal. I'll sign it. No, 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 not Please, please don't do that because oftentimes, most times, if you're already working and your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, it's not because they want to maintain the status quo. It's not because it's better for you, the employee. It's because it's better for the company. Okay, It provides terms that the company would not otherwise have and protections that the company otherwise wouldn't have. And what your employer won't tell you, but I will, is that you don't have to sign it. You don't don't have any obligation to sign a new employment agreement, and and you shouldn't. You you may sign it, and you realize uh, six months later that by signing it, for example, you've given up most of your severance, or that you've given the company the right to demote you, or you've given the company the right to lay you off temporarily. Don't do that. It's bad news. Your company may say it's not a big deal. We just want you to sign a new agreement. We're asking everyone, don't do it. You can't be punished for refusing. Uh, and if you're not sure, if you're pre- presented with this agreement, you're not sure, is it really okay? Is it better? Is it not? Send me a copy of it. You can fax it to me. You can email it to me. Just reach out. Let me take a look at it, and I can tell you in two minutes whether it's it's a, it's good or not. So, no, generally speaking, if you're already working, you have a job, you're going to work, everything's fine, and your employer comes to you one day and says, hey, look at this new agreement we want you to sign be afraid. Be very afraid. Not a good idea. Not something you want to do. If you do, uh, you may find out too late that you've given up many of your rights. And if you do end up signing it, even with your blessing, do they not have to give you something for it? Yes. For for an employment agreement generally to be enforceable, once you're already working, you have to get something in return for signing. Okay. So uh, what does that mean? You means a signing bonus, a pay increase, a promotion, something you wouldn't otherwise have. So your employer, may, you may actually sign the agreement and it may not be enforceable. That mm-hmm. said, still the best advice is 
If you're provided with an agreement that's not favorable to you, just don't sign it. Don't You don't want to sign it and later on have to try to get out of it. Yeah. You can potentially, but not a good idea. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Lynn, good afternoon. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. What's up? Well, I'm a physician, and I'm very much an advocate for all my patients. I don't mind doing paperwork, and I'm proud of the fact I can do it quickly and do a good job. What concerns me, though, is quite often when they might sign papers, they're under duress, and later they regret it, and I'm curious if they can, under my guidance, be considered not possibly in their right state of mind, and what they sign might be null and void. You talk about your patients. Mm-hmm. Well, for, for someone to to uh, you know get out of uh, something that they've signed, they they would have to show that they weren't in the right state of mind or that it was signed under duress. But duress is not an is a pretty big thing. They'd have to show that there was some pressure exerted, some threats. You know, if you don't sign this here, all, all the bad things that will happen to you, uh, or or that they were under some sort of a medical uh, mm-hmm. issue. Uh, that prevented them from being able to think clearly. I think that mm-hmm. would be extremely difficult for someone to do. But even if not. I even if I corroborated it with a letter. But uh, these documents that you're asking them to sign? No, no. I'm saying, for example, if they went to work and they were asked by an employer to, you know, s- sign any sort of thing about oh, changing their hours or leaving work, and they felt, you know, emotionally you know, forced to do it. For, for, for them to be able to get out of it, it would be not enough for you to say that they were under a lot of stress. You would have to say that they were, I don't know, something akin to, uh, you know, Alzheimer's or, or, you know what I mean? Those types of situations where you clearly uh, are, are not able to make decisions for yourself. So it would be extremely difficult, mm. even with your support. Uh, I, I mean, I can certainly see people that, that think that they, they're under a lot of anxiety and the anxiety can make you do things, but that would not be enough for an employee to be able to get out of something that they've signed. And duress is, again, not something that you would help them. Duress is something that they would have to prove that the employer threatened them, put the mm-hmm. proverbial gun to their head. So mm-hmm. generally speaking, that would be very difficult to do. The best advice I always give someone is if you're not sure, get some advice, take the time, ask for some, some more time to consider it. Uh, and, and Because usually once you accept and sign something... It's, in most cases, too late to get out of it. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your answer. Thanks, Lynn. Lynn, appreciate, uh, appreciate your time as well. you still got a few minutes here. You want to ask a question like Lynn, no problem. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. With the rest of uh, the remaining time we're going to have here, we're going to go through our list of things that your employer may not want you to know but will tell you. And this one comes up uh, from time to time, I know, in your offices too, pal, and that is uh, if the business is sold, you don't have to accept a job with the buyer. That's right. And uh, that actually happens very often with the company sold, the business is sold, and the employees think, well, what are my rights now? So let's be very clear. Even if you're offered a job with a new company, with a new buyer, you don't have to accept. And even and if you choose not to accept it, you're owed severance. It's a termination because the company selling the business is letting you go. You don't have to accept a job with the buyer. Now, in terms of the amount of severance, that depends on whether you had a good reason not to accept or you didn't. If you have a good reason not to accept, maybe because they're going to change your job or your pay or relocate right. you, then you get your full severance. You have a very good reason not to accept. If you don't have a good reason, you just don't want to, you want to maybe go back to school or look for another job, not a problem, 
then you're not going to get your full severance. You're only going to get your minimum termination entitlements, but you're still going to get paid. So either way, if you're working for a company that's been sold, you do not have to accept a job with the buyer. Uh, your employer may say, no, no, you're, if you don't accept it, you've quit. No, you have not quit. The buyer is still terminating your employment, and you're going to be out severance either way. Get to another quick call, I guess, uh, before we wrap up. Amarjeet, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you for taking to me. Sure. My question is, I'm driving a taxi for a taxi company, and the taxi company hired me, but the, all the taxis owned by the individual owners, and I lease the taxi every day mm-hmm. on the daily basis, weekly or monthly. Should I consider myself employee of the taxi owner or the taxi company? And do they liable for my statutory holidays and my annual holidays? So this is an excellent question, and this is something that's very common with taxi companies. And the reality is, yes, likely the taxi company, the taxi company, is your employer. They tell you what to do, where to go, etc. They control how you get paid and all of that. So you're likely considered to be an employee regardless of what you're considering yourself for tax reasons or or what they say that you are. And if you are an employee, then yes, they have to pay you vacation pay and statutory holiday pay, etc. Mm-hmm. The reality is that if they don't, you, you have to decide whether you want to take legal action against them if you want to. I'm happy to help you with that. I've done this many times. So reach out to me. But yes, you are likely considered an employee of the taxi company. Appreciate that Ted. last call, Emergeet. That'll wrap it for another afternoon, and thank you for all of your calls as well. Good stuff. We'd love to have you on the air. We'll do it again uh, next weekend. In the meantime, to reach Lior anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's your email address. The phone number, 604-283-3123, and always, always consult and get very familiar with pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's a beauty. We'll see you next time right here on the Employment Law Show on CKNW.